So I am excited, amen, to be here. So humble to bring the word of God to you. I love you, and I am just excited for what God is doing and what, what this day means, what this monumental moment in Christian me in Christian means. It means that we have a savior, amen, that we have a, a resurrected savior, that we have a life, that we have hope, that we have a future, that we as Christians can go forward and do the things that God has called us to do. So let us just pray this morning. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for, the, for Calvary, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you created us, Father God, to live an abundant life, to live a life pleasing, a life fruitful, Father God, a life where we can multiply, a life, Father God, where there is no worry, that you are with us daily, God. So we thank you, Father God, that you designed us, that you created us, God, to live in the abundance. And Father God, we know that the enemy came, Father, and tried to wreck that, tried to destroy, Father God, what was given to us freely. Oh, but God, you came, Father God, and sent your own Son to resurrect us from our sins, from our failings, from our fallings, God. So today we can live a resurrected, powerful life, Lord. We can live a life that reflects Eden, Father God. We can live a life that, is, that reflects abundance, God. So, my, Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you for the blood shed, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for the beating that you took. We thank you, Father God, for the resurrected Savior, our God, our Christ, our Jesus. We thank you for your son this morning, God, and we just want to learn from this miraculous story, God, how we too can live a resurrected, powerful, abundant life in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Excited to just bring the word this morning. Amen. As we have walked through this holy week, amen, I hope that, that you all have just been reverent um, in, in what this week symbolizes in Christendom, what it symbolizes in, in the world, what it means uh, this is just not another holiday. It's not about the Easter bunny. It's not about searching for eggs. It's not about dressing cute. But it's about reflecting on the cross, reflecting on the cross, reflecting on Calvary, reflecting on what God did for us, the blood that was shed, the life that was taken, the life that was given, I should say, for our sins. So this morning, as we get ready to just look at the word, amen, I won't be before you long, but look, look at the word and just see just how we can live a resurrected life. Amen? So we all know the story. We all know that Jesus came to save us. Amen? That Jesus was born on this earth as a redemption for our sins, to be that one, that, that, that middleman for us so that we could be reconciled back to God. And he did that by living an ordinary life, a life like we're living right now. Ordinary people living an ordinary life. But his life was extraordinary because of the fact that he was uh, God in man. He was God incarnated in man. And all he, he wanted to do was to show us that there's this, there's this spirit 
that I'm going to leave you. There's this, this person of the triune God that I'm going to introduce you to. Because we know in Scripture in the Old Testament that anytime God empowered someone, the Spirit of God would fall upon them and they would do what God called them to do. And then that Spirit would recede. But when Jesus came, Jesus came to interlock us, amen, to be that medium to where you don't have to, to uh, wait for the Spirit because the Spirit is going to be within you. It's going to live in you for the rest of your lives. So we as Christians need to just say praise God, hallelujah, that we have this internal Spirit of God living within us. So last week I uh, was speaking about uh, while bearing our cross, talking about the road to Calvary, talking about what we must do and what we learn from uh, carrying the cross as Jesus did, what we learn from uh, how when we look at the life of Jesus and we look at the, the, the road to Calvary, all the lessons that he taught us, everything uh, that is written about Jesus is a lesson. There's always something to go in and pull out. If you read the scripture and read it and read it and just keep allowing the spirit of God to speak to you th through that scripture, you will see the powerful lessons of what is there. And so last week, uh, just briefly, we saw that as he had been drugged through the courts, amen, after they had screamed Hosanna, after they had threw their cloaks on the, wood, on the, on the ground, put up palm trees, uh, threw palm trees out, the, the, the Last Supper, all of those things, all of those things had happened, and he was still in, the, in, in his mind, he knew that Calvary was coming. And we see him going to the Garden of Gethsemane. We see his betrayal. We see all of these things that happened during this holy week, this week where it, the week of, of that everything paramounted into his death. And even in all of that, the people just, you know, they were just kind of like, okay, and you know, God, Jesus was telling them over and over again, my time has come. My time has come. I must go and bear this cross. I must be the remission for sins. And he didn't want to, he didn't want to feel that pain, but he did. He did out of obedience to what God sent him to do. And so as we see that, we see him approaching that road after he got to the hill of Golgotha and where uh, the scripture says that they offered him a drink, a sedative, a drug um, to numb the pain that was getting ready to come before him because crucifixion was such a brutal and, and painful thing. And Jesus said, Jesus refused it. The lesson we learn in that is that as we walk our road, amen, that we've got to stop numbing our pain. We've got to stop doing those things that, that numb the pain, that push it aside because it's only temporary. But we've got to learn to take the pains of our life, take the worries and the cares of our life and face them, face on. That we've got to deal with the situation. Getting drunk, getting high, doing this, doing that is not numbing, it's only numbing the pain. God is saying that I want to heal that pain, but we have to learn that we have to bear the cross, amen? That we have to go through the process in order for us to fully understand it. Then we see while bearing the cross that we need to be a witness, amen? So there were the two thieves on the side of the cross with Jesus. And one was condemning him and, 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 and edging him on to, you know, if you are this king, why don't you save us? And the other one reverenced the Lord, amen? And, and, and Christ witnessed to him and told him, on oh, this day you shall be with me in paradise. And so we see that even as we're carrying our cross, even as we're going through life, that we have to, to be, be able to forgive people, amen? That God, that Jesus gave, forgave him right there on that cross. No matter what we're going through, forgiveness is huge in this, in this journey. 
that in order for us to, to get to the power of the resurrection, amen, we've got to learn to forgive. And then the last, uh, then there was the, the fact that we need to take care of each other, that Jesus commended uh, his, the beloved disciple John to take care of and watch over my mother, and mother, watch over John. And so we see all of this culminating, amen? And, that, and the hour is getting closer to his death. And then we see that he um, begins to, to, his body begins to transition, and he says to them, I thirst, I thirst. And they offer him some, some vinegar water to drink, a, a sour wine to drink. And that tells us that, that lets us know that the, the transition from this earthly body is beginning to happen. And so while bearing the cross, he says, he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And this is probably one of the most paramount scriptures in, in this in this uh, Calvary experience, in this crucifixion experience, because what he is saying is, my God, where are you? Father, where are you? Because you see, Jesus led a life where him and the Father were just in lockstep in everything. He did nothing without the Father's permission. He stayed connected to the vine. He stayed connected to his heavenly Father in all things. And at this moment on the cross, he begins to feel the separation. And he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the reason God had forsook him is because of you and I. It was because of the sins that were being poured out on him. It was because of the intercession that he was making at that moment. Making an intercession for us to become become saved, make, make an intercession for us to have eternal life. Amen? All of our sins, you just think about the worst thing you've done, and then you just times that by every person on the face of this earth, and that Christ was bearing those sins on that cross, stretched out, bleeding, beaten, barely able to breathe. He takes on the sins of this world. And so while bearing the cross, we have got to understand that we must reverence what Christ did, amen? That the blood that was shed was shed for you and I. And as we walk this earth, there are going to be some times when we're going to have to take the hit, when we're going to have to understand that, you know, this, this Christian life is just not all walking through a garden, okay? It's not all, all roses and, and beauty and birds chirping. But there are times that we have to walk through those tough places, that we have to understand that some of those things that we've done are caused by us. We're the ones that sinned. We're the ones that did those things. But when we become, we come to know Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we have to realize that we have to go back and bear that. We have to go back and ask for forgiveness. We have to go to Calvary and, and ask God, Lord, forgive me for that. And we take the repercussions of it, amen? And we hold it and we learn from that. So this morning, I just want to just briefly talk about the power of the resurrection. So as, as Christ died, as, as that, uh, that hour came, that he gave up the ghost. He said, Father, into my hands, I into your hands, I commend my spirit. So we have to know that the power of life and death is in God's hands, amen? That no man, nothing that they could do would take him. Would take him. 
but that he offered his life. He gave his life not to them, but he placed it in the Father's hand during this tumultuous time, during this, this death. He put his, he put his hands, he, put, he placed his life into the Father's hands, and there is no other place that you ever want to put your, if you ever need to put your life into someone's hands, make sure that you put it into the hands of God. Amen. Because man will fail you, all right? Spouses will fail you. Friends will fail you. Mothers and fathers will fail you. But when you put your life into the hands of God, he is able to take it, reshape it, renew it, revive it, amen, and set you on solid ground. So as we are um, looking, at that, looking at the cross, today we celebrate the resurrection. Today we celebrate the wonders of God. And in Luke 23 and 46, when he commends himself into his spirit, we see that darkness came over the whole earth. It was, it was at the uh, third hour and darkness, come, or I'm sorry, the sixth hour and darkness comes over the whole earth. And, and you can just imagine people were just standing there like, it's the middle of the day, why is it so dark? And you begin to see this culmination of the power of, a, of God coming um, and, and shaking the earth, er, earthquakes, and, and all these things begin to happen. And Jesus was, had said to them, when darkness calls, you know, in, in that time, man will think that he's done something. Man will think that they have overcome. But as that darkness fell upon the earth, uh, people began to just wonder, you know, what is going on? That we've never seen a crucifixion like this. And so there's another uh, event that happened is where the curtain in the temple was rent in two. The curtain tore from the top to the bottom. Amen. And that was symbolic of Christ saying that you no longer have to go to the priest. You no longer have to, to take sacrificial offerings because I have torn the veil open. And now you have access to me. You can come to me for yourself. You can, you can come to me at any point and any time, and I am your intercessor. I am the one, amen, that will plead your case. I am the one that will forgive your sins. I am the one. So we no longer have to go and, 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 and divulge ourselves to a man, but we can divulge ourselves to God, amen. We can divulge ourselves to Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father, who forgives us of our sins. You see, Jesus was the only sacrifice that we needed. And he was the sacrifice that enabled us as people to have a relationship with God. Amen? Hallelujah. So now that we have this relationship with God, we have to understand that we are, yes, we are Christians. We are born, born amen? We are born again but that we still have a sin nature in us. So in Psalms 51 and 5, it says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. But that verse is saying at its core is that, uh, it is stating that as we enter into this world, we're entering into a sin-sick world because of, of the uh, rebellion from Adam and Eve. And that Christ's goal here, and the reason Christ came is to be that, that middleman, amen, to be the one who lets us know, yes, you are a sinner, but there is a way that you can walk this life. There is a way that you can live an abundant life, and that's through the acceptance of my son. So his goal uh, for God is that 
Jesus is the default, amen? Jesus is the middleman. Jesus is the one who forgives us of our sins, who helps us to realign ourselves with God. And so when we encounter, uh, when we encounter life's problems and life's woes, there is a way, there is a, there is a resolve to all of our problems. There's a resolve to anything that we're going through, and that is through Christ Jesus, amen? And that we have to learn to live an obedient life so that we can always be in the presence of God. That we can be like Jesus, that we can stay so connected to God. That's why he came, to show us how to stay connected to him so that we wouldn't have to be dealing daily with our issues, daily with our dramas, daily with our shortcomings. But as, as Christians, as, as people, as, as people um, just as natural men, we are drawn to sin. We are drawn to, to the drama. We're drawn to those things. And Christ's, Christ's whole reason for coming was to, to set us apart, amen, and to show us how we, can, how we can become children of God. So in 1 Corinthians, we're going to look at that as our main verse. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 8, uh, ch chapter 15, verses um, 1 through 11, and I'm going to just go through this um, uh, because I'll just read it. It says, now I, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered you, for I delivered to you as of first importance that I received that I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with scriptures, that he was buried, that he was risen on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Caiaphas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Most of them are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all as to the one ultimate untimely born he appeared also to me for i am the least of the apostles unworthy to be called an apostle because i persecuted the church of god but by the grace of god i am what i am and his grace toward me was not in vain on the contrary i worked harder than any of them though it was not but the grace of god that is within me whether then it was I or for they, so we preach, and so you believed. And so as we look at the scriptures, we look at the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Christ died on the cross and they had buried him, and then when, when uh, Sunday morning came, amen, when, the res when resurrection day came, the disciples really, they had gone on about their business. They had gone on about their way because they were heartbroken. They were devastated. You know, they really thought that, you know, Christ was coming to redeem them and, and that they were going to be the new head of Israel and that he was going to establish his kingdom right here on earth. And so they were, some were following him because of that. Some of them were following him because they had a true revelation of who he was. Some of them followed him because they knew that he was the Christ. But, but, this, but this crucifixion, it shook them to their core. They could not believe that he had actually died. They just, it just wasn't something that they had grasped. As many times as he told them that I'm going to have to go and bear this cross. So the resurrection um, of Christ 
was somewhat shocking to some of them. And even so much, some of them didn't really believe that he had been resurrected. And so as, as they were going on with life, as they, they had just started moving on with life, they come and they find out that Christ is alive, that Jesus has risen, that, that what he told us was true. And so they begin to get, you know, the word begins to get out. It begin, they begin, the buzzword gets out that, um, that Jesus truly is alive, that Jesus truly is res- resurrected, that what he said was true. And so the big ideal of this, this message is that the power of Jesus' resurrection reversed the curse of our past and offers anyone who believes an opportunity to a new start. Amen? An opportunity to, to a new start. The power of the resurrection gives us the opportunity to do it again. Amen? To start over. To, to, to have those, the, that second chance. And so when Christ was resurrected, he had, when he resurrected from the dead, uh, we see where, the, the, where Mary of Magdalene and the women were going there to anoint his body because he did not get a proper burial because the Sabbath and, and the Passover were happening coincidentally. And so they weren't able to give him a proper burial. So they're going there on that resurrection morning to anoint his body. To, to, they had prepared the spices and everything to give him a proper burial. And so when they arrive there, they notice Mary of Magdalene was one of the first to arrive. And she notices there's an earthquake and she notices that the stone was rolled away. And it startled her. It, it frightened her. Uh, because she was thinking, like, how am I going to do this? I'm, you know, someone's going to have to open up the tomb so I can get in here, and you know, we can we can anoint God, we can anoint, or we can anoint Jesus, we can give him this proper burial, and and so that his body won't decay so fast. And she gets there, and the tomb is open. Amen. Every stone of blockage, God can move out of your life, and that's what that's what that is symbolizing is that. If there is a blockage in your life, if there is a stone in your life, if there's a place that you have been struggling with, whether it's marriage, drugs, job, opportunities, and there just seems to always be a blockage, amen? Prepare yourselves to be anointed. Prepare yourselves to go before the master, amen? Because he is the one who's able to remove that stone. He is the one that's able to push it out of the way to that, that your blockages have already been unblocked through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so, she goes to there. She goes there to to anoint his body, and you just see over and over as you you know if you have time when you have time, go home and read the four narratives of the resurrection, and you will see the power of God in all that He does, and you will grab these little nuggets of information that will help you, Amen, live a resurrected life. See, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is is that central moment in humanity's history. And it serves as the foundational doctrine of Christianity. We would not be here today celebrating the resurrection of Christ if there had not been a a, a burial. Amen. If there had not been a crucifixion. And then after um, after having to truly assume human nature and to submit it to the agonizing, shameful public death, the eternal Son of God was raised from the dead in his glorified physical body no longer subject to decay and death. See, his resurrection validates his identity as the Son of God. Amen? 
his, his resurrection uh, let the people know truly this is the son of God. The centurion soldier at, uh, at the, uh, up on Golgotha when, when Jesus had given up a ghost looked up and said truly this is the son of God. Because it was such a different type of death. It was such a different, something shifted, amen? And I want to tell you today that God is still shifting us. God is still doing things for us. And so his resurrection not only validates his identity, but it also validates us as Christians. Um, and we know that uh, the Son of God, he demonstrated his irrevocable love by going to Calvary, by dying for us, by saving us from our sins. And he presents to us salvation this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. He presents to us salvation, and he also presents, presents to us that there will be a physical resurrection. There will be a resurrection of our souls, amen, a resurrection of our bodies to be rejoined with him in the heavenlies. Hallelujah. Amen. So the resurrection of Christ um, is, is, is just one of the most momentous things uh, that has ever taken place, and it's it, when Christ is risen, now that we know that, that Christ is risen, it wasn't done in vain. It was done specifically for us. It was done specifically to save us from, the, from our sins. And Christ, if Christ had not been raised, amen, we would, have, we would be all damned. We would be all, all headed to hell. But God's love for us, while we were yet sinners, he died for us on that cross. And so the whole New Testament, it really is a reflection of the forefathers who had talked about this. And here we are in the New Testament times uh, where we see this revelation. We see it in scripture when Nicodemus approached Jesus in the dark. Uh, uh, Nicodemus, a Pharisee who wanted to just know more about it, like, what is going on? I hear your teachings. I'm believing in you. And he approaches Jesus, and Jesus tells him, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must, you must be born again. And Nicodemus, being very theological, very educated, said, so am I to enter into my mother's womb? And Christ told him, no. You must be born again by the Spirit. By the Spirit of God, you must accept me as your personal Lord and Savior. That way you can, you can live a redeemed life. So this morning, if you have not received him as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to invite you this morning, amen, to receive him as your personal Lord and Savior, to find out who he is this morning, to understand that I serve a God that loves me and all of my mess, all of my situations, all of the things that I've gone through, that Christ loves me and that he, he has chosen me as one. He has chosen me to become one with him. And so the, the, whole, the whole premise of the cross is so that we could have eternal life. Amen? And Jesus had to go around even after his resurrection. He went around. He was there are 10 accounts and probably more, maybe some are not, not in the scripture, where he went around and, and met again with his disciples, revealed himself again to, to all of his disciples, to all of his followers, letting him know that, yes, I am alive. No, my body was not stolen, but I am here. I am living, and I am alive. And as he's going into uh, just appearing to his disciples in certain situations. He appears to them in John, I believe it's chapter 22, uh, chapter 
20, verse 22, or it might be the opposite way. But um, he appears to them um, as they were meeting, as they were in this room. And he begins to share with them that I am alive. I am the resurrected Christ. And guess what he tells them to do? He tells them, you got to learn to forgive. He tells them again. He's teaching them again. In order to live this resurrected life, you got to be able to give for, be, be forgiving. And then he blows on them the, the, the breath of the Holy Spirit. And he begins to tell them that I'm leaving. For this, for this, this time, I'm leaving for real. Now, you know, um, it's not going to be a three-day event. I'm about to, to re-enter into my glory, into my kingdom, into the presence of my Father. I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father, but I'm going to be watching you. Because I've taught you everything you need to know. And we have this book right here, amen? We have this holy scripture. God has taught us the ways to go. God has taught us the things that we need to do to live that are powerful resurrected life. And so he appears to the two men on the road to Emmaus. He appears to Peter. He appears. He keeps appearing. He goes there back out there fishing, and he appears to them while they're fishing and tells them, cast your net on the other side. And they realize it's him, and they come ashore, and they have breakfast, and they fellowship with him. And he's telling them, I'm getting ready to go now, but I want you to, to take in everything I've taught you to be a, a lover of men, amen, to learn to forgive, to bear your cross, to communicate daily with your father, to circumcise yourselves because sin is in our lives. And we have, to, oh, we have to realize that, you know, we are not perfect. And the enemy is just constantly, constantly, constantly throwing darts at us. These past two weeks have probably been the roughest two weeks of my life. Just constant reminders of, of, of you know, pastor's death. Constant reminders of, of, can you really do this? Can you lead this church? Constant reminders of all of the things that um, the Lord has called me to do. Trying to, to get me to just, just bend over and give up and wonder. And so I've had some tumultuous nights just in the presence of God, you know, just praying to God and asking God, you know, for clear direction. And then I just, you know, I just get so excited because I know what God said. I know what God has called for us. I know that this is the house of restoration, you know. And so when you, when you pulled in this, this morning, I hope that you saw the, the, the pallet shelters. Amen. The promises of God, that God is saying what he's going to do in this house. As we re-enter, as we come out of this pandemic, and we re-enter into church, amen, as we come back as a body of Christ, and I invite those that are online that do not forsake the assembling of yourselves, because we need each other. The enemy has, has, has taken us and has just scattered us so much that we've gotten comfortable and staying um, in our places. We've gotten comfortable just doing what we've done. But God says that season is all over. God is, God is calling that, that season over. And he's saying, I've given you time, amen? You've had your burial situation. You've had your three days in the cross. Uh, you've had your three days in the grave. Now it's time to come and let's resurrect, amen? 
as a people, as a family, as a church, let's resurrect. Let's, let us uh, show uh, this Aurora, this community, this Denver community, what God has for us, the things that he has whispered in your ears, the ministries that he has put in your heart, that this is not about me, this is not about the church, but this is about us fulfilling the kingdom of God, amen, that we have all been resurrected. We have all, we all have giftings. We all have something to do for the Lord. And so he was encouraging his disciples. He was encouraging his, uh, his followers. I'm about to leave. I'm about to go back home. But I leave for you the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to leave you with a precious gift, the thing that will get you through that person, that part of the triune God, amen, that part of the triune God that I'm going to leave with you. I'm going to leave a comforter. I will not be here physically, but the comforter will be with you. And I want you to know this morning that the comforter is here. The comforter is with you for everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The comforter is there with you. So when you have your, your moments of betrayal, your moments of sadness, your moments of pain and grief, that your comforter is there, amen, to help you walk through those situations, to help you resurrect, to help you daily get up and, and, and confess the sins, confess your wrongdoings. And so as, as Jesus is going around and talking, all, all these people are hearing and seeing for themselves. And then we have Doubting Thomas, who actually had to go and physically touch his wounds. You know, when someone has been with you that long and has been in your presence, he was in the presence of the Christ for that long, and yet there was still unbelief in his heart. Still, he questioned, is this really the son of God, is this, is this really happening or is this just a figment of my imagination? Sometimes we can get into those places where we're just like, God, are you real? Are you there? Am I just doing this out of religion? Am I doing this because my mother and father taught me, uh, brought me to church at a young age and I accepted you, but do I really have that relationship with you? And so God allows us to feel him. He allows us to touch him. He allows us to, he allowed them to just really understand, yes, I am here. This is now my resurrected body. I am going to be with the Father, but I will leave with you a comforter. And so the resurrection really just shows us the power of the Trinity working together. We see the Father, amen. We see the Son. We see the Holy Spirit. We see the triune God walking out the plans uh, that they had that they had discussed in heaven when, when, when God said, who shall I send? And Jesus said, Father, send me, I will go. And so we see all three of them. We see it culminating to uh, this great triumphal re-entry of the Christ. So the importance of Christ's resurrection um, will be seen when we consider that he rose, amen? He rose and that the gospel is true. And, that he, and if he did not rise up from the grave, then the gospel is false. But we know that he, it is true. His resurrection from the dead makes, makes it manifest that his sacrifice was accepted. That Jesus was sacrificed as the lamb slain. And that the father accepted that sacrifice of him 
giving up his life. We know in the Old Testament times, anytime there needed to be a remission of sin, they would have to sacrifice a, 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 an animal, a goat, or some type of animal they would have to bring to the temple and sacrifice it. But Jesus was the acceptable sacrifice, amen? He was the sacrifice that pleased the heart of God, that took the keys and the sting of death from the devil, that restored us back to him. See, our justification was secured by his obedience to the death. Our justification, our forgiveness was sealed on the cross, sealed by his death, and therefore he was raised from the dead. His resurrection is proof that he made a full atonement for our sins, that his sacrifice was accepted as a satisfaction of divine justice, and his blood is a ransom, was a ransom for sinners. It also is a pledge and earnest of the resurrection of all believers, that one of these days, amen, one of these good old mornings, we too shall be in the presence of God. We will be resurrected, amen? So as he lives, as Jesus Christ lives, as he, as he was beaten, buried, died, and resurrected, and now he lives, he also lives in us, and we also live with him. So it has proved him to be the son of God in as much as it is an authenticated and all of his claims are true, that he was sent from the Father, amen? That he was sent as a ransom for sin, for the sins that we've committed and the sins that we will continue com to commit until he comes again to take us into heaven. Therefore, the Bible is true from Genesis to Revelations. Everything that is written in these scriptures is from the heart of God, is from the mouth of God, and that the Bible is true, that the resurrection did happen, amen? That the resurrection was just not a flaw, it's just not a fairy tale, but the resurrection is true, and that God loves us, and that's the joy, amen? Because when I think about me, I'm a case all by myself. I'm a situation all by myself. And sometimes I wake up and think, my God, you know, where do these thoughts, where do these ways, where does this stuff come from? And then he had to do that times everybody in the world. Like, that's a great God, amen? That's why he had to come. That's why he had to suffer. And that's why he was uh, persecuted and buried for our sins. Because he had to come and do the work because no man on the face of this earth was worthy. No man on the face of this earth had the power and the wherewithal to, to forgive sin. We can't even forgive our neighbors, let alone forgive the sins of the world. And so Christ came to be our redemptive savior, to be our resurrection, to be all that we need to be. So as Christians, we need to, um, Stop fighting for our rights. Stop fighting for, for what we want. Stop fighting for the things that have died, the things that are dead. There, some things are just dead, amen? We are always trying to resurrect the wrong things. Stop trying to resurrect the wrong things. 
Those things that are dead are dead. What Christ wants us to do is resurrect him, amen, in our lives. Resurrect the joy, the peace, the love. Those broken marriages, broken relationships, lost jobs, hurts and pains. Those things are dead. Seal them, bury them, and move forward. God doesn't want us to walk our, our Christian life in the past, worried about what was yesterday, how this should have been, how this could have been. Woulda, shoulda, coulda, it is no longer. It is a dead situation. And Christ is saying that I died for those things. And now you have a resurrected life. So as Christians, we must learn that we have to move forward. Amen? Christ's burial Christ, the, the symbolism of Christ's burial is for the resurrection of our sins, that, that we have been re-entered, amen, we have been reintroduced to a new lifestyle, a new, a new way. Um, his death was my resurrection. He re-entered the earth from which man was created and removed the sting of death. So his, his, his death, his burial was him entering back into the earth, you know, from which man was taken out of, laying there for three days. I doubt, seriously, he was laying there for three days. He was up and moving about. But he was in that grave for three days, amen, communicating with the Father, you know, waiting for that great getting up morning, talking about us, thinking about the future, thinking about all of us and the things that we were going to do, the things that we would become, the people we would touch, the people we would save, and so I just thank God that he was our resurrecting Savior. See, Satan's, Satan's plans backfired at Calvary. He thought he had them. He thought he had won. He thought he had defeated the Almighty God. <laughs> but on that third day, amen, on that third day, Christ arose from the grave with all power, all authority in his hands. And you have that power and authority residing in you. So daily take up your cross. Amen. Daily understand that I'm, I'm living this life and it's hard. And I have a cross that I must bear. But I don't have to bear that cross because Jesus says my burdens are light. If I'm following Christ, he makes my burdens light. He makes my way easy. He makes it easier for me to live the abundant life. So this morning, I just want you to remember that we serve a resurrected Savior. Amen? We serve a resurrected Savior. And no matter what you've been through, God loves you. God has forgiven you. There's nothing on this earth that you can do. There's no sin that you can admit, commit that would not allow him to allow his presence and allow his love to forfeit you. We saw it on the cross where the man who, the, the, the uh, criminal was, was received into the, to uh, heaven on that same day. God's doing the same thing for you. He's offering salvation to you this morning. He's offering an abundant life to you this morning. He wants you to know that he loves you deeply and that he went to that cross for you and for I. So this morning, we celebrate the resurrection. Amen? We celebrate the resurrection. And we come to realize that the power of the resurrection is within us. Amen? That we, too, have that same power to get up out of those dead situations, to raise up above all situations, and to glorify and to honor our Savior.
God bless you this morning. Let's live in the power of our resurrected lives. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would just stand this morning, amen. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. Oh, Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for such an abundant life. We thank you for Calvary, God. Father, this morning we come to you, Lord, and we just give you praise. If you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, our elders are going to um, come to the front, and we just want to bring you up front. Or they're going to come up front, and if you feel the nudging of the Holy Spirit, amen, if you feel like, I want to know this Lord and Savior, I want to get to know this Jesus, I want to get to know this man that has forgiven me for my sins, I want to know that God's love is for me. I want to know that the cross was for me. The death was for my sins. I want to be able to live a resurrected, powerful life. Then we invite you up this morning, amen, so we can introduce you to this precious Lord and Savior. And if you have received him as your Savior, amen, and you're just struggling, life has been hard, the pandemic has been a nightmare, and you just need to rededicate yourself to him this morning. We invite you this morning to come. We invite you this morning to come. For those who are watching online with us, we just invite you to, to just comment in the chat and someone will reach out to you. Or I can just say the prayer right now. If you just repeat after me, Father God, I believe that you came and died for my sins and that you rose on the third day, Father. And you are the resurrected Christ and have forgiven me and have invited me to live an eternal life with you in heaven. So I accept you as my Lord. I accept you as my Savior. I accept you as my King. I want to live in a powerful, abundant, resurrected life here on earth so that I too can be a witness, amen? So that you can be a witness of all that he's done for us. 